Thanks for joining us on the JX today, and happy St. Valentine's Day, and happy Oregon's birthday. Talk about an easy date to remember. Oregon joined the Union on Valentine's Day in 1859. Hell of a time to join a country, huh? Two years later, it split in civil war. Oregon Historical Society has been around for much, but not all of the history of the state of Oregon. Let's talk about the occasion and the observance of it. Carrie Timchuk is the executive director of the Oregon Historical Society and our guest once again. Carrie, welcome back to the Jefferson Exchange. Thanks very much, and uh, happy happy Oregon's birthday. 165 years old today, but, you know, I don't think we look a day over 140. <laughs> That's pretty fun. What I wrote on the web was they don't look a day over 150, so we're thinking the same thing. But, <laughs> I, you know, I could not find, Carrie, a, 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 a term, you know, the Latin-based term that would do, get to 165. Could you? No. Uh, you know, there's, you know, interestingly you said that because in 2026, here's your new word of the day, America will be celebrating its semi-quincentennial, ah, yes. which, is, which is 250. Mm-hmm. And, uh so states have already begun planning, uh, uh, to, you know, as we did with the bicentennial in 1976, planning for 2026. And in fact, the Oregon legislature this month will pass a bill uh, officially creating the Oregon uh, Semi-Quincentennial Commission. And the, the governor is asking OHS to do a lot of work and has asked me to serve as chairman of the commission. So. Oh, wow. Congratulations. And I'm oh, glad to hear that things are getting moving on that because, yeah, it seemed like we were talking about the bicentennial before that happened, years before it happened. And this is getting actually fairly close to the, uh, the uh, was semi-quincentennial? Semi-quincentennial. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go with quarter-millennial. That's the other option, there too, you, right? oh, there, I like that one, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, for the Oregon Historical Society, Oregon's birthday, a day like any other, or you have some special activities? We have special activities today. We, 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 one, we're free to everybody uh, who wants to come in today. And, and two, for the spe- second year in a row, we are hosting with our friends at the uh, Immigration and Natural Relations Service, we're hosting a uh, citizenship ceremony, uh, 30 or so uh, individuals will officially become American citizens today in a ceremony, taking the, the oath. They've completed all their other uh, requirements. And, you know, a very inspiring, very patriotic. Uh, the stories they have from immigrating from other countries, they just, you know, I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate Oregon's birthday than by welcoming new new Oregonians. And it's not the first time you've done this at, uh, at OHS, have you? Correct. Second year in a row. We did it last year, and it was such a success. And so just tremendously inspiring when they asked if they could do it again, we said absolutely. Which which leads into the into it leads us into a discussion of the history of Oregon itself. Uh, as as the Oregon Historical Society points out, Oregon's statehood is a complex legacy that should be acknowledged, reckoned with, commemorated, and made accessible to all. Just in your years at the helm of the Oregon Historical Society, have there been changes in the approach to telling the state story? Well, we we have made changes. We. Uh, have a new permanent exhibit. We replaced the old permanent exhibit, which was kind of uh, kind of your grandparents' Oregon history, uh, and replaced it with one that uh, tells the whole story from uh, you know beginning to end. Uh, and beginning, of course, is not 1859. Uh, it's as we point out, you know, one of the first items you see when you enter our Experience Oregon exhibit is a pair of sandals uh, called the Fort Rock sandals. Uh, you know, found at a dig in the around Fort Rock, Oregon, and carbon dated to over seven thousand years old. Uh, so, of course, indigenous people, Native Americans, have been living in Oregon since time immemorial, as they term it. And, and the by, story by, begins. The, mm-hmm. the story doesn't begin with the pioneers coming across in a covered wagon. No, I was or doing Lewis the math and, before you got to this. Clark. It, it begins long, long, long before that. But as I say, you know, our uh, we are not the Chamber of Commerce. We're not the Tourism Bureau. 
those organizations are very important and they have great jobs. And our job is, as the Historical Society is to tell the true history of Oregon, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's been some of each of those. When you think, Kerry, about, about the, 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 this telling of history over time, though, uh, and we think about previous generations that did tend to tell, as you pointed out with OHS, uh, the pioneer story primarily, um, I'm trying to figure out what you ascribe that to, whether it was, you know, deliberate omission or, or, or just, whoops, we, we didn't think about that or, or where that come, came from. No, you know, the story of Manifest Destiny. Uh, you know, back then that uh, America was, were, you know, designed to you know, conquer the whole, the whole country and uh, left out a lot of a lot of stories, left out a lot of individuals who weren't treated very well. Uh, and I think that's all being corrected. I mean, you, you, there's much, of course, we can be proud about, much to be patriotic about, much to brag about, but there's you also have to, you know, take history... Uh, in its entirety. Um, we've had a, a person or two go through one or two of our exhibits and come out and say, you know, that makes me feel guilty for being a white man. And my response to them is, look, you're not responsible for what happened 100 years ago or 50 years ago, but you're responsible for knowing what happened 100 years ago and 50 years ago and how that continues to impact history today. Kerry Timchuk is our guest on the Jefferson Exchange, the executive director of the Oregon Historical Society, which is putting on special events today in Portland for the birthday of Oregon. It is 165 years old today. Valentine's Day makes it easy to remember. If you have some questions or comments for our guest, we are live. We can take your emails to jx at jeffnet.org. So th- th- there's one response. I was going to ask you about how the public responds. But but more than that, before we even get to that, what is it like to take this approach at your organization? in your state, Carrie, and yet see other states draw lines and say, do not teach history outside these lines? That is, uh, obviously, we disagree with what they're doing. I mean, history is, uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, quotes was, is the late great historian David McCullough, who said that history is who we are and why we are the way we are. History is who we are and why we are the way we are. And if we're not telling, you know, our duty is to tell the whole history the true history of, of who we are and why we are the way we are. And if you're leaving something out or looking the other way or not talking about something because it was unpleasant, then you're not telling the, the true history. And that's, uh, that's not our job. Our, our job is to tell Oregon's history uh, in its full, complex story. And I, you mentioned the, the response from the one person who came out and said, boy, I feel guilty being a white person. But uh, what, you must have had some other responses from the public to the showing oh, of yeah, Oregon's history, warts and all. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, overwhelmingly, it's, it's gratitude and thank you. And, and finding out things that they didn't know. Uh, you know, Harry Truman once said that uh, the only thing new in the world is the history you don't know. <laughs> And if people come to OHS and come out and saying, I did not know that, then, then we've, uh, we've accomplished something. And we, the fact that uh, when Oregon came into the Union 165 years ago today, as the 33rd state, we were the first state until then, and of course the only state since then, that actually came into the Union with a state constitution that specifically banned blacks from living in the state. Now that's unpleasant, it's awful, uh, but it's a fact. Uh, it was never really enforced because it was, you know, unconstitutional to the U.S. Constitution. But that remained in our Oregon Constitution until early in the 20th century. Something uh, in the 1920s, the, wasn't it? 
Yes, before it was removed by a vote of the people, and you'd be shocked at how many people voted against removing it, even in the, in the 1920s. You know, it's, uh, we, we need to tell that story. And Carrie, I wonder if if your time in politics, you you spent a fair number of time as a staffer for for various uh, people in Congress. Does does that help in delivering some less than happy information about Oregon's history? You know, I I, I think so. I hope so. That it's you know, I've been back in Washington D.C. as you said. I've lived there. I've seen both sides of the you know, the political fence, and uh, this this shouldn't be political or partisan. Uh, you know, again, it's. It's not un-American to look at some of the the bad things that have happened and to address them. Um, instance, you know, and then, of course, you know, there was a substantial Japanese-American population that lived here on the West Coast in California, Oregon, and Washington. And, uh, and the states complied with the federal order from President Roosevelt to take these Japanese-American citizens out of their homes and to put them in internment camps. Uh, that's a, a story we live with today, and it's... It's one we need we need to tell and and to make sure it doesn't happen again. Carrie Timchuk, again, our guest on the Jefferson Exchange, the executive director of the Oregon Historical Society. We're talking about Oregon's birthday, 165 years old today. That's a lot of candles. I did not realize until I was glancing at the Oregon Historical Quarterly that you had a nice round number anniversary recently at the OHS as well as in Oregon to tell. We did. We were founded in 1898. So last year, 2023, was our 125th anniversary. A century and a quarter, and we celebrated that and commemorated that throughout the year with a special exhibit honoring and highlighting what we have done for 125 years. You know, uh, saving, protecting, safeguarding Oregon's history and and making it accessible to all. Uh, one of the great our great assets. I hope your your listeners would go to is the Oregon Encyclopedia. It's www.oregonencyclopedia.org. And it's essentially Wikipedia for all things Oregon, although every article on the Oregon Encyclopedia is, has been fact-checked, and it's true, and it's verified. I can't make the same claim for right. Wikipedia. But we get a million hits a year now, and from students, scholars, curious people across the country, so many fun articles about the people, places, and events and things that have made Oregon, Oregon. You could spend a whole weekend diving down one rabbit hole to another, and Every month I get a report on here is here was the most read entry that month. And do you want to know the runaway winner almost every month of the year? Absolutely. Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> the entry on Bigfoot. I am not People surprised. are fascinated across the across the country and the world with Bigfoot. Uh, All right, so Bigfoot should retire the category. What's number two most months? Number two, they you know uh, uh, the Oregon Trail is. is a lot of people read about that. I assume a lot of students read about that. Uh, and you can follow events in the news. I mean, during the, the racial reckoning of the last year, you know, black the entry on blacks in Oregon, which should be required reading, I think, for every Oregonian, is, was read a lot. Animal House, the entry on the movie Animal House, which, of course, was filmed in Eugene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, gets, it gets a frequent, uh, frequent readership. And for some reason, I don't know why, our entry on Rattlesnakes. Uh, which I'm not a snake fan, so I don't know why people would want to spend time reading about rattlesnake. And then on our digital history, we can you can also access film and and photographs. Our digital history, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure you won't be surprised that one of the most watched videos is the exploding whale. Of course, yes, from the 1970s, yes. Uh, and wow. we recently redigitized and remastered the film, so when that whale explodes, 
it explodes in more brighter color than you've ever seen before. So. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Carrie, I'm curious about the physical collections. I mean, 125 years. I mean, people have lived in a house for a tenth of that time, probably have their garages filled with mementos and things. So so uh, how good a handle do you or anyone else have on what's in the collections of OHS? Well, we are fortunate to have a 100,000-square-foot warehouse, the Oregon Vault, we call it. Uh, and that's where we keep the vast majority of our of our collection. Uh, and, uh, you know, occasionally bring some of it into the museum to show it in, in different displays, uh, but most of it is kept out, out in the vault. Uh, we, we, we Recently, we brought in one of our favorite collections, which we hadn't exhibited in a couple of decades. It's called the Collins Wagons. And this man named Ivan Collins, uh, who, born in 1900, passed away around 1970, he, did, he donated or devoted 30 years of his life to make an exact miniature replicate duplicates to the most minute detail of horse-drawn wagons, of Conestoga wagons, of a fire wagon, of uh, a horse-drawn hearse, of almost any type of wagon that existed drawn by a horse. Uh, he made in the most exact miniature duplicate that you, you can't believe. They are astonishing in detail. One, they are one-eighth in, in scale. So a six-foot man would be nine inches in that scale. And they you just can't believe these. And all 61 of them he made in his life are on display now at, at OHS. I saw the pictures of him with the wagons. It's a really, really an interesting collection. Uh, are there things you cull over the years? Are there things you, you get rid of because they just don't tell a story you feel the need to tell at OHS? There, there is a process that museums go through called deaccessioning. It's very strictly governed by, you know, by regulations. So you, you know, museums can't just accept things and then say, oh, change your mind and throw it away. You have to go through this process of offering it back to the donor or looking for other museums for it. But yes, there are. We accepted back in the days and, and the, when we were founded, probably far more than we needed to. And there, we have duplicates, and, and there are are items that just don't relate to our mission. I don't know why they accepted them back in, you know, 1899, but they did. And so we are being very careful in accepting items and in making sure that uh, our collection relates to our mission, uh, you know, Oregon history. So uh, final question here before we have to go. Uh, talk about the repatriation of artifacts. Uh, are you giving things back to various tribes around the state over time? We a great question. We are very closely involved with the, There's nine federally recognized tribes in Oregon. We have a great relation with all the tribes and are working with them, have been for years, to make sure that the items we have, and we do have a remarkable collection of Native American uh, objects and indigenous <clears throat> objects. And so we work with them very closely to make sure it's proper that we have it. If anything was taken, you know, from a burial ground, uh, then that we are obligated to offer it back and to give it back. And so there are, there are again, lots of federal rules and regulations involved with that too. And we have been ahead of the game for years. I've been reading recently where the Smithsonian and the Field Museum of Chicago have been surprised at these new regulations and I've had to cover items up or or oh, wow. take them off okay. display. And we've been ahead of the game for years, knowing they were coming and working very closely okay. with all the nine tribes in Oregon. All right, Kerry Timchuk, Oregon Historical Society. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy Oregon's birthday. Free museum admission all day. Naturalization ceremony at 11. Free cupcakes in Portland at 2. This is JPR.